listening to the Destiny Community Church Podcast. Today, we begin a new series that has a unique origin. It has a unique origin. Uh, let, let, me, let me explain this to you. Um, the theme and title of this series came from a chapter in a book that has inspired me deeply and has become my favorite book outside of the Bible. Um, I know the author personally, um, maybe better than he knows himself, and the name of the book is Big Dreams in a Small Town, um, one of my personal favorites. No, all, all jokes aside, I'll never forget that day that Pastor Andrew and my son Caleb were sitting in my office. It was about this time last year, and I was sharing with them the chapter titles out of the book that I was about to, to send the final draft to the publisher um, to be released in January. And as I read down through that list of chapters, those two guys seemed extremely unimpressed. Like, I could just see the look on their faces. Like, it, it, they just weren't, they weren't in it. I mean, it was chapters like, and, and I thought it was pretty good, you know, just a small town boy. And they just stared at me. A chapter called Leases and Fleeces. They just looked at me. I mean, they've heard me teach it before. They could care less. There was a chapter called The, the Negotiables. And then there was a chapter called The Non-Negotiables. They just looked at me. But when I read the name of chapter 12, it ignited something within those guys. The name of the chapter is Community is Our Middle Name. Community is Our Middle Name. And, and when I said that, they didn't even let me finish the list. They lit up, and, 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 and they were like, that's great. That's, we, we could do T-shirts. And there, a campaign was being birthed before my very eyes, and, and I knew that at that moment it was more than just a chapter in a book, that it, it is who we are as a church, as a body of believers. So today we begin more than a series. Um, this is a mandate for us. And... I believe that, that today I'm just going to lay a foundation for which this entire series will be built upon. But I want you to look at it as more than just a teaching series. That's not what this is. It is the DNA of who we are as a church, as a body of believers. And so to celebrate this, we did have some apparel made. It's not to make money. It does cost because everything costs something. So if you want them, and some of you already have them, um, they're, they're for sale in the, in the cafe area. Stop by the resource center and, and pick it up. But for everyone in the room, we've got these great little nifty wristbands that um, say community on them. People have been asking, which way should we do it? Do we want to read it or do we want others to read it? Yes, that's the answer, yes. So I'm going to let you in on a secret about, about this, this series. The first two weeks are, are inward-focused. It's, it's looking at us and who we are and what community means to us. The last two weeks of this series are outward focus and what that means to the communities around us. At this point, I feel like it is imperative that I share with you the origin of the name of our church. How, how did we come up with the name Destiny Community Church? Where does that come from? Months before we moved here to, to Newberry from Tampa to plant DCC, God had placed the name Destiny Community Church on my heart. And if I'm honest, 
I tried to resist it. I didn't particularly care for the name. And I shared it with my wife one Saturday night. And as soon as I shared it, even though I didn't care for it, I wanted her to like go ecstatic over it. I, I needed some confirmation there, right? And so I shared it with my wife on a Saturday night in Tampa. And she informed me that she didn't like it either. And um, neither of us liked the name. But the next morning we showed up at church after having an intense conversation about it. We showed up at church the next morning, and our pastor at the time, David Nitz, a wonderful man of God, a mentor in my life, he took the pulpit, and um, this was a shotgun-style building with a center aisle, and there was a, a row of pews down that side and a row of pews down that side, and Mandy and I were sitting on the front row right there, and Pastor David took the, the pulpit, and he said the words that will forever ring in my heart. He said, the verses I'm about to read are verses of destiny. And he had never said anything like that ever before. And Mandy and I looked at each other and we knew at that point that it was confirmation that this church would be called Destiny Community Church. Does it matter what you name a church? I think it does. I think that a name should reflect the heart and the vision of the house. Let me explain it to you like this. You don't want to include the word international in your church name if you don't have a heart for missions. Like if I go to a church and anywhere in their name it says, you know, International Prayer Center, International Worship Center, International Church, I want them to have an emphasis on missions because to me that explains it a little bit more. Likewise, you don't use the words worship center in the name of your church if you don't have an emphasis on, on worship and worship music. It just it, it doesn't translate. It doesn't make sense. Because the name of a church, it sends a message to potential uh, attendees. And a name can cast vision long before someone ever reads your vision statement. The name of your church has the ability to keep it on mission and it will also allow you to stay focused on what that mission is. If I'm honest, I still don't care for the name. I don't. I, I've never, I know it's a God thing. I know it is. And so it didn't take long for us to abbreviate it to DCC on signage and apparel. It flows off the tongue better, right? You, our website is destinycommunitychurch.org. Can you get any longer? I mean, so through the years, the name of our church, it has proven to be prophetic for many lives because God has brought many people who seem to be hopeless because of their past and he's been faithful to reestablish his purpose and his plan for their lives. And in Christ, they have found their destiny. And so I know it's a God thing to plant a church by any other name would have been wrong for us. I know it was a God thing. But my middle name, personally, is Thomas. A lot of you didn't know that. My name is Rocky Thomas McKinley. Yes, Rocky is my real first name. It is not Rochester. It is not Roderick. It is R Rocky. That is it. Rocky Thomas McKinley. And I get my middle name from my Uncle Tommy that I never met because he died before I was born. And my mom and dad wanted to... Keep my uncle's memory alive, so they named me after him, well, my middle name after him, 
with Thomas. We also gave that middle name to my son, Caleb. As much as I believe that our church's first name is destined and determined by God, I also believe that our church's middle name is divinely inspired. Does our middle name matter? I think it does. Absolutely. Just ask KFC. If you remember, in 1991, Kentucky Fried Chicken was the name of the restaurant. And they changed their name amidst this, this health-conscious push because people were associating the word fried as unhealthy and contributing to high cholesterol. And so through this campaign and, and an effort to boost their sales, they changed their name from Kentucky Fried Chicken to simply KFC. Destiny Community Church. Somebody say community. 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 The word community is our middle name. And it speaks to who we are and what we do. And church, over these next few weeks, we're going to explore what this word means to us within the confines of this community of believers and what it means outside the walls and to the communities to which we are planted. Genesis chapter 2. If you will, I want you to go with me there. Genesis chapter 2. And in Genesis chapter 2, God explains an observation about mankind that we cannot ignore. We cannot ignore this. God says something at the beginning of humanity that I think we have to pay attention to even to this day. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. As we pause here, let me clarify that this is not a message about marriage. As a matter of fact, Mandy and I are marriaged out right now. We've just spent two days down in the Bradenton area speaking at a marriage conference. We don't want to talk about marriage today, okay? So this is not a sermon about marriage at all. If you get hung up on that detail, you're going to miss out on what God is trying to show us today. So whether you are single or on the search, whether you are married or on the market, I assure you this sermon is for you today, okay? You were designed for networking and connectivity. When God created humanity, he created us with this need for companionship, a need for connecting with others, a, a need for friendship, a need for camaraderie. When God created us, he created us with seemingly a void that has to be filled by others. It's interesting to me that humanity was the only thing that God created that seemed to be incomplete upon its creation. Think about it. Day one, the, day, day, the first day of creation, God created the heavens and the earth. He created day and night. 
The second day, he created the atmosphere surrounding the earth. On the third day, the Bible says that God created the land and the sea, islands and vegetation. On day four, he created the stars and the planets and the sun and the moon. On the fifth day, he created marine life and birds of flight. On the sixth day, he created all land-dwelling animals. And then, before he rested, he created humanity. He created mankind. He created Adam. Out of everything that God created, he did not look at his creation and, and view it as incomplete. He didn't look at the octopus and say, eight limbs are not enough. I think I'm going to give you another one. No. He, he didn't look at the sun and say, you're not bright enough. I'm going to make a second sun so that you're more like Tatooine. <laughs> Only the Star Wars fans understand right now. I'm a little bit nerd, so just stay with me. God didn't look at the elephant's trunk or the bill of a, of a platypus and think to himself, that's ridiculously abnormal. Why did I do that? Let me rethink my design. He didn't do that. But he did look at Adam and realize that there needed to be something more. Again, verse 18 then the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. See, Adam wasn't complete by himself, so God created a helper that was fit for him. Church, you have to understand this. And maybe someone watching online, you need to understand that you are not complete by yourself. God created you, you are fearfully and you are wonderfully made, but understand that God created you with this need for connectivity. You are not complete by yourself. And for each and every human life, God has ordained a network of believers to help them succeed, to help them overcome, and to help them walk in their faith. How many of you are thankful today for a community of believers that surrounds you, that helps you? They help you through life. They help you succeed. They help you overcome, and they help you walk in your faith. Amen? I am thankful for the community of believers that God has surrounded me with because we are better together because we were designed to be in community with one another. Now, there is this word that appears 20 times in the original New Testament Greek that so accurately describes our, our network. The word is, is the Greek word koinonia. And the first occurrence of this word happens in Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. As the early church is being described... It says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, koinonia. They devoted themselves to the apostles', apostles teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, in other words, eating together, and the prayers. This is one of the reasons why we think it's so important for our section communities that meet monthly. We, we feel like we need to break bread together. And we knew the larger we get as a church, the better we have to do small. And so last Sunday, you guys were, were meeting over at the student center and, and you had your section community. Today, section two, you're on. Here in Newberry, you're on today. And, and, and we're excited. I heard, I heard that there is a, a special like breakfast type, I don't know, donuts, donuts. Yeah, it's going to be a good time, I'm sure. Mandy and I may have to visit in between services today. And for our Trenton campus, I'm so sorry. 
You're just getting hungry, just sitting there listening. It's going to be okay. God's with you. In its simplest form, koinonia means fellowship, participation, contributing, sharing, and caring. The people of God are to be in fellowship with one another. It, does, it tells us that we are to participate in each other's lives. That we are to contribute and add value to each other. And that we should share with each other and care for one another. You go down to verse 46, just a few verses later. And Acts 2 and 46, and it says, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Now this is interesting because the phrase that is translated as they continued to meet together is translated from the same Greek word that is used in verse 42 that is translated as devoted, which is actually a more accurate translation of the word. The translation could have easily said they were devoted to meeting together. Like this was a priority to them. They were devoted to meeting together. And the only reason that when they translated this, this into English, the only reason they didn't say it is because it's, it would become a bit redundant. It's why we, we try our best when writing to, to pick different words that mean the same thing so that we don't become redundant with what's being said. But it was the same word. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to prayer. Then every day they devoted themselves to meeting together. This was a commitment that the early church members made. They saw the value of community and they placed a high value on being in relationship with one another. I, listen, I, I have to say this. I think this is so important and, and it's convicting, so, so buckle up. But if you are on the fringes of DCC, <clears throat> you are loved, you are welcome here, we want you here, but I need you to understand, until you find connectivity you are not fulfilling what God has called you to be in the body of Christ. He has called us into koinonia, into fellowship, into this connectivity, into this network. He has called us into that. And it is only through that that we fulfill what God has called us to be. So if you're on the fringes, all I'm doing is telling you and inviting you, get involved. Get involved. Find a way to get involved. Go through Discover Destiny. Join a direction team. Join a small group. Uh, go to the section community lunch. Join, get involved some way, somehow, because it's what God has called us to do. This is why it's one of the core values here at Destiny Community Church. The second core value of the four Ds of destiny is dependence. Dependence. This is not by accident, church. This, this I believe, is divinely designed for us. What that means, dependence, is it's giving people opportunities to meet other believers in order to build relationships for eternity because the only thing we can take to heaven with us is what? Relationships. That's it. Relationships. That's the only thing we can take to heaven with us. And Acts chapter 2 gives us insight on how the early church did life together. They blessed each other financially. They went to church together. They enjoyed food and fellowship in each other's homes. They did life together. 
And by their example, the success of the church is fueled by our willingness to bless others, our willingness to worship together, our willingness to break bread with one another. And these practices gave the early church the strength and the courage that they needed. And I'm convinced that it does the same thing today. Understand what I just said. It gave them the strength that they needed under heavy persecution. It will do the same for us today. We cannot neglect this. We cannot neglect the meeting of and joining of ourselves together as some are in the habit of doing is what the scripture says. We've got to understand that our strength comes from being bonded together with God's people. It's so important for us to stay connected. I recently accomplished a major life goal and hurdle for me. If you know me, you know that exercise does not come easy for me. I know it's a shock for some of you. You look at this nice, lean body, and you're like, that guy's so fit, man. Why are you laughing? Even in high school, man, I'm telling you, you, you could put a basketball in my hands, and I could run up and down the court all day. But I hated the weight room. I hated just to run. Like, just tell me to go run, and I hated it. I still hate it. But just a couple of weeks ago, I successfully completed one year of consistent exercise through CrossFit training. Yeah, yeah, one year. At least, at least three days a week waking up and, and being there at 5 a.m. I mean, it, it, it was, it's, it's been a chore. It's, it's been tough. But, um, but Jamie Hanau, one of our church members, he was faithful and, and pestering me about it for four years. I finally showed up, and he's been faithful to help me through this past year. And the greatest struggle that I have experienced during this year is remaining consistent even when I'm traveling. It's hard. Because Jamie's not there. And every hotel that I stay in, they all have fitness centers. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I hit the fitness center at a hotel about 50% of the time. But it is so hard for me to wake up early by myself, get dressed, walk down to the fitness. I grumble. I complain the whole way down there. I'm like, this is stupid. Why am I doing this? It, it's, it is one of the hardest. It's a mental block for me. But when my alarm goes off and I'm at home and I know that Jamie is going to be waiting on me at 5 a.m., I make myself get up and I make myself go. And when we are finished, I feel so much better about myself. Some people push away from others because they don't like the accountability of it. I, I want you to hear, please hear my heart. One of the greatest reasons why, and, and I, know, I know this term is, is very relative, but just hear me out. One of the reasons why I have any type of success in my life is because I have learned not to push away from accountability. And if you know my life, you know that I am accountable in every aspect of my life. I'm trying to figure out what to share and how much to share. I'm accountable to my wife. 
I don't want her to say it out loud, but if I was to ask her, she knows the passcode to my phone. I'm accountable to her. I don't push away from that. I don't just leave without my wife knowing where I'm going. For that matter, if I'm not here at the office during business hours, there are people at the office that I signed their paycheck, but I'm accountable to them. They know where I'm at. And there are people that when it comes to the fellowship of believers, when it, when it comes to community, one of the reasons why they push away is because they don't want the accountability of it. What happens when I'm not there? And they're so afraid that someone is going to hold them accountable. It is one of the greatest parts of my life. One of the greatest aspects of my life is the accountability that I have because other people are looking for me to show up. They're looking for me to be a part. They're looking for me to bring a side dish. They're looking for me. And what you may look at sometimes and think, man, I don't want that. I don't want that accountability. I don't want people you know, sticking their nose in my business and wondering where I'm at. You're missing out on the care and the concern that comes with that because we are called to carry each other's burdens and carry each other's loads. We get to do life together. It's not a have to. It's a get to that we have. We get to do this. Stop pushing away from the accountability of community and lean into it because we need each other and our commitment to community is exactly how God designed us. Listen to 1 John chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. He said, if we say we have fellowship with him, that's God, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Boy, that took a turn quickly, didn't it? He said, if you, if you think that you're in fellowship with God, you need to make sure that you have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, the Son, cleanses us all from, our, from all sin. I love that he included that last line there. The blood of Jesus, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. In other words, it doesn't matter what you've come th from, no matter what you've been through, when you come into the kingdom of God, when you become a part of the community of believers, it is level ground at the foot of the cross because the blood of Jesus covers it all. That's the reason why in this room right now, we have people from all aspects of life, people from all backgrounds that have, have committed themselves to be in community with one another because it doesn't matter what we've been through. We understand that the blood of Jesus covers it. Amen? Our fellowship with him depends on our fellowship with each other because he said... If you walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. So understand this, slipping in and out of church, it doesn't cut it. Pastor Andrew, you're preaching week three of this series. By the time I get done, the first two weeks, you may have 12 people here. I'm just letting you know. Be, be, be prepared. Slipping in and out of church doesn't cut it. And understand this, for our online audience, I know there's always exceptions, but if you are, are physically able to be in church, 
Church at home is not an option anymore. Because we are called to participate. We are called to contribute. We are called to share and we are called to care. We are built for community. Imagine what happens to the church. Now, now, for some of you, this is an easy answer and you're okay with it. But for others, it's convicting. I'm telling you, what happens to the church if everyone's commitment level is the same as yours? Let's move on. We are built for community. Let me close with this. It is in fellowship, in community with a local body of believers, that my personal family has made it through our greatest challenges. And as I was preparing for this message today, I was just listing out, like, through all the churches that we've been a part of, I was listing out, man, all of those great moments where the community of believers stepped up and blessed our lives. Or that we were able to be a part of blessing someone else. And man, that list, it, 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 it was crazy. I mean, there were highs, there were lows, there were births, there were deaths. But it all mattered. Because it was all part of life and we were all there to do it together with. And, and some were here, some were at other churches that we've been a part of. But one that just stood out in my mind to me was when my wife was diagnosed with cancer. And we were part of the Lake City Church of God. And I've never seen, up until that moment, I'd never seen a community of believers that cared so deeply. That church rallied around us to the point that they held an old-fashioned gospel scene to help raise money for all the travel expenses of getting Mandy to treatments in Gainesville, from Lake City to Gainesville. There were people that were volunteering to drive her. We were talking about this a few months ago. There, there was some random man that volunteered to drive Mandy, and we let him. <laughs> what were we thinking? But that church, that community of believers rallied around us and had an old gospel scene. And all the artists that showed up to sing, they all did it for free just so that they could take up an offering and bless us. I don't know how we would have made it without people surrounding us and, and not just financial blessings, but just the edification, the uplifting. People that came alongside of us and when we couldn't hardly stand, they would hold us up. And that is something that Mandy and I longed for for years. We longed for that. We knew what that community felt like, and we wanted to feel that once again. And when DCC was planted, it is not by happenstance that our middle name is community. 
because we have built that atmosphere here to where we care for one another, we love one another. When, when people stand before this congregation and they become covenant members of DCC, we mean what we say. We want to do life together. We want to laugh together. We want to cry together. We want to celebrate and we want to mourn. Whatever it is we go through in life, we want to be a part of that together. With that being said, I need you to understand that the only entity that is greater, in my opinion, the only entity that is greater than the local church is the body of Christ that is made up of all believers and all communities of faith from all over the world. Thanks for listening to the Destiny Community Church Podcast. To learn more about DCC, including our service times and location, visit us at destinycommunitychurch.org.